Station, now number one for podcasting. Who's the guy if your life... From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings and get free boneless wings, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Tuesday, the first day of February, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller. We're with you to talk sports for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of your morning here with us. Getting it going this morning on the BMW of Des Moines uh, guest list. Uh, we have the following. We're going to do some NFL at the bottom of the hour. Take our final look uh, at the Kansas City Chiefs with Nick Athen, although we'll have all of our voices back as we do each and every year on the Friday before the Super Bowl. But Nick, on what went wrong and what's ahead for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs? Going to talk a little Bucks hockey. What's that all about? I mean, I'm glad. Don't get me wrong, but you're a hockey guy. I've been gone for six days, and all of a sudden, I come back, and you're promoing the hell out of the junior hockey. Well, that Mary Blakemore, you know, twisted my arm a little uh, bit. And brisket I said, involved? Well, I hope so. I I certainly dropped the hit a couple of times. <laughs> Very least, if it's not today, maybe Friday we can get yeah. some of that delicious Claxon barbecue. Absolutely. Well, Mary's better half, I guess yes, we can yes. call it that, is Andy from Claxon's uh-huh. after all. And we do know where our brisket is buttered, if that's such a thing. Anyways, we will talk a little Bucksaki at 1045. Michael Swain covers the Jayhawks. For a couple of years, he covered the Cyclones. So, by the way, those two teams collide tonight at Hilton. Uh, Fran Fischilla will be there. Well, I'm not sure he will be. He's, he's doing the game. I guess you can't say at this point whether they will be there or not. It's a Kansas game. He'll be there. i got to think so, right? right? Although, where was he? he? He did the West Virginia Baylor game last night. Yes. So, was he in Waco? I get me in there. They have planes. Right. You can get from A to B. Uh but we'll see. He does have the, uh, he'll be on the call tonight. But Michael Swain will help Trent and I with that one at 11.05. And then John Bowen Camp on all the Hawkeye news. Uh, the men and the women, I guess the women had an unfortunate ending last night. Um, we'll talk, I'm sure, a little bit about that, but a lot on the men as they try and, I guess, hold their place. Where do you think they are right now? It was, boy, oh, boy. And the night where Connor McCaffrey Trent makes four threes, don't you have to win that game? You do if uh, the rest of the team hits more than 18 shots in a double overtime game. Right. 22 field goals in that one. Keegan's first was with 801 or something left in the uh-huh. uh, left in the regulation. Oof. You had it. You lost it. Mm-hmm. Double overtime comes. It's frustrating. Well, the possession at the end of the first overtime too. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was that was not good. I think it was Euless who had. Was it Perkins Euless. or Euless? It was Euless. Yeah, Euless yeah. had the ball, um, and that's the best they could do. And look, it's um, it felt like that was pretty important one last night. It you did. Know, I, at least that's how I came away with we it. We framed it yesterday as not must win because it's January thirty first. Announcers will be on site. I just got the text. That's Let me wonderful. interrupt you. That'll make it better. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike Mayon. Framed it. Must win, but it's not must win. Mm-hmm. Now there's must win games that'll come up as the season 
continues, and now it puts you in a difficult spot. It puts Iowa in a difficult spot if you anticipate they're going to lose to the Buckeyes on Thursday, which I think most people are. Yeah, it's a tough spot. I agree. Ohio State coming off that devastating loss after roaring all the way back Sunday against Purdue. Lose on the buzzer beater from Jaden Ivey. Yeah, you're going to have probably a fired-up Buckeye uh-huh. team. It's a road game, and this is certainly a more talented team than Rutgers or Penn State that they've seen the last couple of times. So if you do that, say they're going to lose it. Realistically, I would then, in your remaining February games, that is seven more games, Okay, they have to go 6-1. and one. In the, Okay, so you're just talking, you're not talking about the March games. So nope. You've written those off, is what you're those saying. Those are two L's. Yeah, at Michigan, at Illinois. Yep, put those in that loss. Okay, time. so let's go, let's go forward with your exercise then. And you're saying they have to get to what? Six wins? Six and one. Okay, let's do it. Mer- uh, Minnesota at home. There's a win. At Maryland. Yeah, I'm going to give them a win. I wouldn't. Nebraska at home. Uh, it's a win. Michigan at home. No. Michigan State at home. No. On the road at Nebraska. It's a road game. Yes. I, yeah, well, but that might be Hoiberg's only win. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't shown an ability to win on the road. No, true. Or anywhere for that matter. And you finish up with Northwestern. I mean, I go through it and I see you can make four and three. Nah, yeah. Maybe five and two, but it's Maybe. six and one. That's a stretch. That means winning at Maryland. At Maryland. That means beating Nebraska. Beating then, Michigan at home? And at the very least, getting a split of the Michigan-Michigan State games at home. Mm-hmm. That could be your only and loss. those are back-to-backers, right? I don't see it out of this team. Yeah, I don't either. They're a bubble team. Not if your scenario's correct. I don't right. see it. Now, the good news is this. Look at, go to Shelby Mast. We'll talk to Shelby tomorrow, our bracketologist. Go to whoever you like, Jerry Palm, whoever your guy is. Look at their bracket and look at the bottom. We were talking about a four-bid WCC, the West Coast Conference. That's mm-hmm. not happening anymore. Mm-hmm. The Mountain West last night, Colorado State loses again. Loyola, they're not going yeah, to get they, in a Did that game to go to overtime, it Colorado State? Yep. Jeez. And Wyoming got him in OT. Yeah. You go through and it looked like, oh boy, the Mountain West might get four and the WCC might get four. That's not happening. The MVC might get two. That's so not what happening. what you're saying is there's some bids freeing up. And still today, even after that loss that for many people was the biggest, most devastating loss in Fran McCaffrey's entire, they're 24th in the NCAA rank at net. They're still 24th. They need to get a quad one win. Right. They need to get some kind of quality victory in there. But again, this is... So they have a chance on Thursday night, but I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I agree. Four points is what the Ken Palmer number is right now. So you put all these things together and Mm -hmm. it sucks. It's a game where you felt like you should have won. I mean, they rope off the upper deck there. It's a terrible environment. It's a sleepy Monday night. You had opportunities. Guy throws in a junk three as you're up three. Dude, that uh, that kid Sessoms? Yeah. Number three? Biggerton. How many junk shots did he make yesterday? How many shots did Penn State hit at the horn? Trent, it was unbelievable. Six? Yes. Seven? I, I mean, felt like I was watching an Iowa State game because they guard the you-know-what out of you. Mm-hmm. And then just before the shot clock goes off, miraculously, they, make, they hit one at the buzzer. But yes, that's what it felt like. There, this is not devastating. It sucks. Mm-hmm. And again, Penn State's not good. Rutgers is not great by any means. You have to find a way to win a road game, win probably a couple, and you're going to have to beat Michigan or Michigan State or Mm -hmm. at the end of the season pull an upset. Maybe it goes to that where you pull an upset at Michigan or at Illinois Mm -hmm. and suddenly this conversation changes. It's not devastating, but this is what we thought they were going to be after they got off to a decent start. You saw, all right, this team has a little bit more than maybe we anticipated. They're a bubble team. There's going to be nights that stink. There are going to be nights where they look good, waiting for that night where... Everybody looks good because mm-hmm. that hasn't happened in Big Ten play. No, Jordan Bohannon continues to struggle. Oh boy, 
Because they got all physical last night. That's what jumped off my TV screen. Penn State just took balls away from them. They're not tough. That's it. And they're not tough physically, but also mentally. There seems to be, yeah. and this has been... Well, physically for sure, that's easy right. to see, and that is clearly lacking. And this is something that seems to be kind of tried and true in the Fran era, is the mental toughness out of groups. There, there are just times where it doesn't seem like it there. Mm-hmm. Over the course of a 32, 33-game schedule, yeah, that's going to happen. There's mm-hmm. going to be rough nights, but I don't know. There's just something about Iowa basketball that feels different. And, well, for the second time in three games, again, we had the... Too foul ugliness. <laughs> so Again, you had McCaffrey on the show while I was gone. Yeah, yeah. Last Thursday nice, he uh, jumped nice, on. Nice, nice, nice. And you asked him, I'm sure. About, I did. And what, what was his response? He any glimmer of hope that he's changing no, his ways? No, not at all. It's Fran. Fran <laughs> yeah. digs in his heels and basically right. everything, and that's what yeah. makes him who he is. Yeah. He's a tough Philly guy. I wish his team has a little right. bit of rub off on him. A- absolutely. His response was two things, and two things that I disagree with, but. And people are like, well, what, why did you turtle to Fran? I didn't. I just wanted him to lay it out. Mm-hmm. He said that games are won in the second half. Now, I would argue games are also lost in the first half. Mm-hmm. The Purdue game. Keegan goes out of that one. It's a 10-point game, and you're down 15 at the half. And that big run that they had to get back into the game, get him within four a couple of times, well, instead of getting within four, maybe that gives you the lead or ties the game and how different the complexion yeah. of the game can look there. Yes, games are won in the second half. I would argue they can also be lost in the first half. This one here, as I was up eight with Keegan plays and plays with two fouls and plays well in the first half, it's a different game in the second half as opposed to being a two-point game at halftime. It just I understand that part of it. I understand the thought process. I just disagree with it, and coaches across the country also disagree with Fran as he continually mm-hmm. has the lowest two-foul participation in college basketball. And that was brought up in the telecast last night. By the way, Andy Katz is not good at what he does. No, as a color as, as guy. As a color guy, yes. right. In if the you studio. Want to, you want to put a microphone and, and, and do an interview after a game yep. or those type of... He's just... He's over the top. Yeah, that's... Oof. Know your strengths. BTN. Right, right. I guess bare bones anymore and yeah, you don't get some mm-hmm. of the best. What I like to have Robbie Hummel. On the golf Who was in one. studio of all places right. last night? Just flip flop those two, right? Flip flop those two, and maybe it's something contractually. The cats get to do a maybe. certain number of games, something like that. Yep. The other thing that Fran said last Thursday on the show was speaking of the two fouls. Is he wants his guys to know that if you pick up that first foul and you pick up a second, that you're going to be sitting, and he wants the guys to understand that and realize it. And he saw that with Luca Garza a lot. Now he picked up a second foul a few times, mm-hmm. but he knew the ramifications that he was going to go to the bench, and so. You would see him at times lay off guys, not pick up that second foul knowing it. And that's the frustrating part about Keegan. As you look at the fouls, going back to the Purdue game and then again last night, all four of those fouls in the first half are all kind of ticky tackies. I totally agree Just with Just ones you. that you don't yes. have to get. Right. You have to play smarter. And that's, that's what Fred is trying to get across to his team. That's the justification. I don't yeah. agree with it, right. but that's what Fran said. Boy, uh, Keegan had a look at the end there, that three, didn't yes. he? Oh, he had a look. <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, the miraculous play at the end uh, with Bohannon's air ball. And, boy, the, this kid, Bohannon, again, I have a tough time criticizing mm-hmm. um, for what he did. One uh, of your favorite moments. No, it is my favorite moment of, all, of yeah. my entire career. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm a little biased there. But... He shouldn't be on the floor when he can't shoot. That's what he's on the floor for. And he has not been making his shots. But I keep coming back to it. Connor McCaffrey made four threes. You gotta win that game. You do. Right? But you shoot. Oh, jeez. They shot thirty four percent from two point range. Thirty four percent from inside the arc. Mm, 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 mm. Patrick 
He's mm-hmm. knocking down threes, and Connor's knocking down threes, and Chris Murray's doing some things. Sanford, when early in uh, early in his minutes, well, he kind of tailed off, but he uh, he had an eventful first two minutes of yep. uh, playing time uh, in the game last night. Yet Toussaint didn't make a shot. I thought Robracci was what you can expect for him. You know, double digits, mm-hmm. um, somewhere around 10, 12. Uh, and he was right there at 11. Patrick McCaffrey, I mean, yeah, I know he had 16. The turnover, when they had numbers going the other way, I mean, it seemed like in the, like that basketball game, there was always some guy was on the floor mm-hmm. being left behind, right? So there's five Hawks coming up the floor, and, and there's four Nittany Lions waiting for him. And the turnover, I mean, I don't know who he was throwing the ball to. I guess Chris Murray. Again, basketball IQ. Just, I just ridiculous. Don't I don't get it. I don't like the way the offense flows when he's in there. Yeah, he can score. He has that ability. He is mm-hmm. a talented offensive player. Even with an ugly shot, he's got length. He's got athleticism. Mm-hmm. He can get to the rim. He can do these things. And he saw, we saw that yesterday. The part of the game, just playing within the confines of the offense, he just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. And that's offensively, defensively. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen a guy right. with that kind of length give up more backdoor cuts than, than he has, <laughs> and it just seemingly happens game in and game out with him out there. It's crazy. A basketball coach's kid. Yeah. Th- that's a, that's and he doesn't one. play like it. So the other kid, uh, his other kid, who made all the shots yesterday, mm. I don't still to this day, well, to this day, I still have no idea what happened to Connor McCaffrey. So Last night, I was doing basketball last night, and so I went back and I was watching a replay, and I had it on during the game. By the, the way, game. let me just stop, my, just stop you. I don't say he's faking. This is a tough kid. Right. right. And so something clearly happened, but I don't know what. Right. And so I was rewinding it and rewinding it and watching. Right. Where, where did it come from? So separated shoulder is mm-hmm. the news that comes down today. Where? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that happens. Is it, was it just something fluky? Just something popped out? I have, I try, I don't even... The, I mean, he shot after the the contact or or the injury may or must have occurred. He he, he fired up a shot after that. I I don't know. I'm clueless when it comes to where he got it. But he was clearly in pain. So here's something that very well could happen. One of my good friends in high school separated shoulder, and we'd be walking down the hall, and it just pop out. So if he maybe had an injury in the past, yeah. he had a shoulder separation. Well, did he? I mean, I always had hips, right? And. He's been so banged up, yeah, probably. True. I mean, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be a surprise. That's so true. Maybe it's something as simple as that, that he just, it moved in just the wrong direction at the wrong time and it just slipped out. Mm-hmm. And that's what led to another separated shoulder. Because, yeah, my buddy Mark and me be walking down the hall. Oh, he just popped just it right for back. for no reason. Yeah, just walking down the yeah. hall. Books in the wrong spot as he's carrying them to our next huh. class. It could be as simple as that. But you're right. There was nothing that you look at. Say, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's where it came right. from. What a weird night last night. It really? Just, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> it was a weird night. It was a weird night. Uh, Baylor, West Virginia ended it for me, and that was a fun basketball yes, game it to was. watch for that conference. Well, tonight is TCU. Kansas. How about that win? Trent, they're legit. Yes. This is a legit. Look at the conference from top to bottom is legit. It's incredible. It and, truly is. And what we're going to get tonight. Whew. Early and late, because Texas Tech hosting Texas. Did you see the students lining up at Tech? I did. They got something waiting for old Coach Beard. baby. Come on home. Yeah, welcome home. We got something. Oh, jeez. That environment, too. How much, remember what just an awful environment it was. terrible. Inside that Mm -hmm. building, what Chris Beard Mm -hmm. built. He did. Wonder what the reception's going to be like. We saw over the weekend, you know, Texas as they welcome Rick Barnes back, and I thought they did a great job with that. Did you see Chris Beard? He does like a fireside chat, his weekly you know, coaches I didn't thing. Say it, no. He invited Barnes on that Did the night before really? the game. Wow. And it was really good. And it wasn't 
wasn't over the top. I just I watched two, three minutes of it, mm-hmm. but I thought it was really good. I thought it was really cool. They talked hoops, you know, did all those things, mm-hmm. but they welcomed him home. But think of the separation also between the That's time. true. Right. This is, first yeah. of all, yeah, Rick Barnes, Barnes was fired. That's true. I was just going to say, <laughs> Barnes, he, he didn't leave on his own. And now he's at Tennessee. Uh-huh. He's, not at, right. he's not a big brother. No. No. Different conversation mm-hmm. here, and it's going to be, oh boy, that's going to be a fun environment. Two great environments tonight. Yeah, one's on ESPN2, and uh, we get the big one, uh, the uh, Kansas-Iowa State game. So let's talk about this Iowa State game. So mm-hmm. you're going to bring up a whole bunch of games here in the last week, and I tried my damnedest. Yeah, how, did, go, how did your viewing go? Well, I had Roco TV in the house we rented, uh-huh. which is a total disaster. Not the house, the Roco TV. Yeah. Here's the crazy part. I saw every Jets game. <laughs> oh, nice. Not to, uh, to, I had to hide. Um <laughs> Because I promised. And I saw, I didn't see the Purdue game. I saw the, I saw Iowa State because I was able to get those somehow mm-hmm. on Rocco. But I hated it. Um, so you're going to have to carry me for these for this time that I was gone. But I tried my damn this not to watch. Kansas but looked awful. I, I didn't see a minute of it. Well, I shouldn't even say Kansas looked awful. Kentucky looked terrific. Yes. Yeah. It was more of that. And then. You just keep waiting. So what was it? Was this it's just nothing went right or just because the game was in Lawrence? It was in Lawrence and, you know, eight, eight on five. You know, we have yeah. all these talks all the time oh, when you yeah. make your way in there. It just never happened. I mean, Kentucky jumped on him right away. Kellen Grady, the old Davidson guard, he's hitting yeah. shots all over the place. And Deshibwe, oh my he God. is such a monster. Yeah. Speaking of numbers and stats, Deshibwe is... Number one in the country and offensive rebound efficiency and defensive rebounding mm. efficiency. We're talking about 350 teams with at least mm. eight guys that play significant minutes there. You're talking upwards of 3,000 players. And he's number one in both of the rebounding categories out there. Just absolutely heard of. And Keon Brooks, who's not been great this year for Kentucky, he went off. It, it was one of those. But he kept waiting. And even when Kansas would, oh, they're back within 14. Here comes that run. Mm-hmm. Crowd's getting into it. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky Brown didn't, didn't an hit answer. any big shots? He he was about the only yeah. one. Wilson didn't play with the damn? Mm, no, he wasn't very good, really. I, I, I like Lightfoot. He had no response. That guy is so inconsistent. It depends when you watch him. Now watch tonight. He'll probably go off. Well, you know what's going to happen. Because we're going to be watching and Abaji's going to go off. Because yeah. every single time we watch mm-hmm. a Kansas game, you and I... Mm-hmm. Feels like he just has one of those monster And he didn't play well against Kentucky? He did not, no. Now, was that Kentucky taking him out of his game? Yeah, and it was Brooks a lot. That was, was on it? him. He was 4 of 14, I think it was, from the floor, something like that. Hit a couple of threes, but mm-hmm. not the standard Abaji game that we are used to. Is Kansas a team that can win it all? Because I, that's what I walked away from saying. They're good. They're talented. They have great coaches. They, they have, but it's not your typical. Well, who elite is the team that can win it all? Kentucky. Yeah. Gonzaga. Duke. Duke. How deep does the list go? I'm just going to say, it's not as deep, so that's why I want to leave Kansas on. Can Purdue? No, not with that defense. Okay. Can't win six straight with the defense as bad as it's been. Okay. Arizona? Uh, Maybe. UCLA? See, I don't know about the Bruins. Yeah, they can. Okay. They were shot away from playing for it last year. No, I know they were. This team's a lot better than last year's team. Auburn? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Villanova? Yes. So there's a number of teams then. Texas Tech. I like Texas better. You do and just because. I mean, I think I like Texas's talent better. Sure, that's fair. 
I don't know if they're going to come together like that. Uh, Tom Brady retired, made it official today. Did you see his uh, nine-page, apparently, Instagram? I did not know. Okay, so I want to I want to get this in front of me. Is there something good in there? You well, gotta, there is because you got a nugget. What What there is 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 who he thanked. Let me run over the list of um, of of. Uh, this was his farewell announcement. He thanked his Tampa Bay Buccaneer teammates. Mm-hmm. He thanked the Buccaneer fans. Of course. Thank the city of Tampa. Thank the Glazier family, the owners mm-hmm. of the Buccaneers. Jason Light. Yes. Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm. Tampa coaches and staffers. A lot of Tampa. Alex Guerrero, who I think is his chef. No, he's like the leader of TB12. He's okay. like his trainer. Okay. Um, thanked his agents. Of course. It made him a lot of money. And then he thanked his family. Bill Belichick. Missed him. Robert Kraft. He missed him. The Patriots organization? Didn't mention him. Well, the Boston fans, the New England fans. Not a peep. A little salty, old Tom. (laughs) Trent, I didn't think he was going to do it. And and here was my tinfoil hat. Uh Uh-huh. All right? Walking by the beach by myself, and God, I loved it. <laughs> I'm glad you brought your tinfoil cap uh, with. I did, with yeah. You. I yeah. had to pack it, yes. right? So, and then uh, people were pointing at me. He's like, oh, an idiot with his hat on. <laughs> um, I thought he was going to retire, mm-hmm. but then unretire. Yes. And where was he going to go? San Francisco. Ding, ding, ding. We, we, right? we, we, we've been together too long. Bay Area kid. Uh-huh. Parents to go still home. live there. Bear, mom and dad are still there. Grow up. You seen the picture of him oh, in on Montana jersey? Go back to go back to draft day. He yep. wanted to be. That's who he wanted to play for. He wanted to play for the hometown team. Sixth, sixth round, hundred ninety ninth overall. But I thought, I mean, Jimmy G, please. That's mm-hmm. where I thought he was going to go. Prior to the Tampa Bay thing, right? right? Two years ago, but he didn't. So maybe it's for, maybe it's legit. But he didn't mention Belichick, his teammates, the fan base, or Robert Kraft. June 13th, we come in here, some random Wednesday. I hope. <laughs> and that's the news? And all of a sudden, here comes the rumblings. Are you going to be surprised? Yeah, but I don't know how we're not going to talk about the Cubs and the Pirates. <laughs> right, right. Game number 62. Right. Here we go, breaking it down. Yeah, and we right. will. Yes, we will. But Well, we hope we will. Because, right. the, well, apparently the players and the uh, uh, owners are meeting today. It's February, after all. Get that figured out. Get that figured out, indeed. All right, we are going to uh, take, well, we'll we got a keyword to give to you. In fact, why don't we do that right now? It's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword green. That's green at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 green at KXNO.com. All right, we're going to stick with the NFL. We will, I guess, dot I's and cross T's on the Chiefs 2021 season. What a second half. What a terrible second half. If you're a Chiefs fan, that was bad. Um so we'll get into that with Nick Athen. By the way, did you have both on your pick? I took both favorites. I took one of the dogs. Did I you? Didn't take Cincinnati. And it was funny as I was laying out my picks and my decision making on Friday, yeah. somebody tweeted to me, Trent, this is absolutely what you do every single time. Everybody is on the Chiefs. What are you doing? Right. I should have listened. Yeah. Well, um, money line. And how did the Niners lose that game up 10? 
How did they lose the game? The Rams were dead to rights. They were finished. Stafford, though, on third down, how many big throws he came up with again. Mm -hmm. 17-7, felt like it was over. The interception, yeah, I know... Yes, there was also a dropped interception right afterwards the also other way. But a dropped interception, been right in the number. Oh, that one. Tart, is that how you say his name? As I was sitting on a 40 to 1 49er future. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I went for, I, was, I had 580 on, I was to win 580 on the Niners and 420 on the Bengals. Wow. So at least I'm alive. But You're boy, alive. With, with three minutes left in the football game, Karen wins the Super Bowl. Right. You're locked in. Uh, do you give the Bengals a chance? Yes. I do, too. I do, too. Offensive line's got to be better. Well, that's clearly the area that uh, jumps off the um, tape when you're watching it, right? Because how are those guys going to block those guys? Here we go. Uh, we will, obviously, I've got a lot of time between now and a week from Sunday uh, to talk about that, and we shall do so. But Nick Athen on the Chiefs. We're going to do a little Buccaneer hockey at 1045-ish. Uh, a couple of players coming in here? Yeah, we've got a couple of players stopping in, also Good. coach. So talk with them a little bit. Big homestand coming up and Bucks hockey right around the goal. All right, so we'll do that. And then um, Michael Swain, Moore and I with State Kansas, 1105. Miller and Condon underway on a Tuesday. Keyword is green. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.9. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 10.30 on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller, we are with you here until noon. Uh, Michael Swain coming up in hour number two. We will speak with him. He covers the Jayhawks for uh, the 247, 24-7 site in, uh, well, anywhere. Uh, He'll join us to kick it off. And then John Bolenkamp on Iowa. Uh, Nick Athen. Thought we were going to be speaking with Nick a couple more times this year. Well, we will get him on Super Bowl Friday as we talk Thanks, to all of our NFL that. voices. Now, now, Go ahead. Yeah. Now now that I'm out, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, that's what we do. Once, uh, once you're gone, yeah, we don't need you any longer. <laughs> no, listen, yeah, you're, you're grandfathered into the show. You know that. So what went wrong? three decades. Yeah, right. Uh, what went wrong in the second half, Nick? I guess that's where we should. Man, you know what? Let's go to the end of the first half. Maybe that's where it started. Is that fair? Right. Yeah, I think I think that was just whatever happened with about 13 seconds to go, ironically, uh, yeah. in the uh, second quarter uh, for the rest of the game. I, 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 the, the, the light bulb went off in the brains of, of Mahomes and, and uh, Biennemi, and, and the offensive line decided to just play like a year in the Super Bowl. I mean, just it was almost like a comedy of errors, and I just – I, I, I kid you not, I said this to my wife when uh, the, they missed an opportunity to score at the end of the first half. I said, what's on my honeydew list? I just wow. I just thought, I knew at that point the Chiefs were not going to win. It was just, they, they were doing the same things that they did during the losing streak, playing the exact same game that they played against the Bengals the first time. And the Bengals were young, they were patient, they'd been there, done that in this kind of game with this kind of players. They knew the Chiefs would implode. And <clears throat> we're excited to them because they finally got their opportunity and took advantage of the situation, and uh, they, they pulled out a win. They get the ball to start overtime. It has not gone well. Mm-hmm. The final drive, of course, ends in a field yeah. goal to tie it. But even that, you know, running the ball, you can see they were trying to run some clock there. 
then the fumble and fall on it. Get the field goal. You get the coin flip. All right, here they go. And then you go to Robinson two times. And then that shot on third down up the field to Tyreek Hill. It just, it never felt right. What was, what was the thought process in overtime when you thought, all right, as bad as it's been, here they go. They're going to figure it out. Well, you would think, I mean, they kind of got, they should have scored at the end of the half, too. I mean, they're, 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 Oh, your phone, Nick's really acting up again. Um, yeah, we're, we're, go ahead, Nick. Maybe move a couple of feet. We've had a lot of trouble with your phones this last month. I'm sorry, man. That's okay. Is that better? Okay. So, I mean, Mahomes had three guys open uh, at the end of the second half. He had some sacks and tumbles. I mean, you're first, first and goal three yard and You run the ball three times. You take time off the clock. So what if you get Cincinnati, you know, a minute left with a timeout? But you're up four points, and they got a score touchdown. And I'd rather taken my chances. I don't know why the Chiefs didn't really try to score uh, in that situation. It just didn't make any sense to me. The way play call. Mm-hmm. Nick, uh, listen, brother, we're gonna have to let you go, man. I worry where uh, our audience it's uh, it's not going over well. I appreciate it. Uh, just having phone troubles with you, Nick. Thank you for what you did for us. We'll talk to you next Friday. Appreciate it. That's Nick Athey. Follow him on Twitter at Chiefs Insider. Read uh, the stuff, the site that he is the proprietor of, PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. That's too bad. That's a bad connection for like the fourth week in a row. Yeah, and actually last week he was good, but he was in a different spot last oh, see, week. That's right, and that's what made it gone. okay. Oh, uh, what I had wow, about. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, how surprised, though, were you? Because they, they, at 21-3, it's over. It felt like it three, was three over. Drives. Yes. End of the first half at the time. I was not. There, I think there was a lot of revisionist history there because of the way the game ultimately played. I was like, all right, they're trying to get a touchdown. Yeah, you'd like to take a shot and get the field goal. Mm-hmm. It just still at that point didn't feel like. And then three and out. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. there's Joe Burrow. A little right. bit of moxie. <laughs> right. And he's got that team believing, and yeah. well, we saw the way, obviously, it ended up Higgins there. Higgins was unbelievable in that football game. But I wasn't shocked. I wasn't shocked by it. Where, I mean, if you would have told me before the season, yeah, Cincinnati's going to win the AFC. They're going to do it by going in down 21-3 to Kansas City. This is a team that was down 24 nothing to Houston in a playoff game just a couple years back, and we're leading at half. Yes, I know. In a blink of an eye. Nick said he's got five bars if you want to try him back. Okay. I think he wants to come back on, and we'd love to have him back if he can make this work. I tell him he's got a very narrow, a short leash um, with with the audience, because that's it's. I get it, folks. It's painful. It's cell phones. You'd like to, by, the, by this, where are we, 2022, we'd have figured this problem out and been able to uh, get a good connection, but that has not been the case for whatever reason. But yeah, I'd like to pick his brain a little bit more, so we shall do that uh, with Nick here. <clears throat> get five bars, and away we'll go. Um, the, the other game, the NFC game, again, I'm stunned. I can't believe the a 10-point lead that San Fran with that defense was going to give it up the, the way that they did. The Rams were left for dead. McVay's calling just ridiculous, take ridiculous challenges. Neither one of them. He had a, he had no chance to win either one of them. Giving away timeouts last, uh, last uh, the way he did and found a way to win a game. All right, let, Nick, let's try this again. Uh, one, one, Sorry, guys. And one more shot with this phone. So let's go forward, Nick. Let's let's take a look as, as, as okay. to what happens to this team now. I guess we're finding out why that uh, Eric Bieniemy just cannot get a head coaching job because it seems like yeah. they've passed him by again. Uh, wh- wh- what happened? Who Who... Ultimately, is the finger of blame pointed at? Oh, that's a good question. Well, um, 
they're gonna. I, I tell you, they're gonna make Eric Bieniemy be the fall guy for the offense this year. I mean, there's there's been a lot of stuff that's been coming out about you know he and Pat not being on the same page. Um, he is not under contract for next year. The Chiefs are in danger of losing Mike Kafka, which is the quarterbacks coach who's next in line to be the offensive coordinator. So, I think that's a move. I think Spags may retire. That's just my speculation. I'm not saying it's a fact. Um, I've been told three or four coaches are looking for jobs. There's definitely going to be some changes on the staff, and I think you have to do that first. Um, after that, you know, Brett Beach was on a call earlier today with reporters and indicated that he indicated Orlando Brown was going to be their left tackle of the future. I, I don't think I don't think that's the case. Tyron Matthews already stated, you know, he's pretty much knows he's gone, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm okay with. So they they have to they have to fix the balance of the offensive line. They have got to fix the defensive line. You know, Ingram's a free agent. Clark's a free agent. Jones, in 11 career playoff games, has zero sacks. Hmm. I mean, these are huge, huge concerns. Reed's going to be a free agent. So uh, I, I guess the offseason is fix the defensive line, fix the tackle, get one or two, you know, solid wide receivers, get some more weapons, and then decide what you're going to do in the running game because I don't think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the answer either. So there's a lot more questions. Uh, that are gonna that are gonna face Brett Beach, but you know he's got that river goat riverboat gambler mentality, and uh, you know he's gonna find a way to make stuff happen. They very easily, guys, if they maneuver the cap properly, they move some signing bonus money, could have upwards of seventy five to eighty five million in cap space. That's uh, oh, being extremely aggressive. Well, part of the part of it is a couple of things. One, you let Hitchens go, you let Clark go. Yeah, that's going to free up $15 million. They can convert up to $25 million of Patrick Mahomes' $35 million cap hit next year. They can extend Tyree Kale and Travis Kelsey. They also have a, a way to adjust Sunni's contract as well. Um, so if you add all those pieces together, assuming they're you know on a clean slate, even though they've got 23 agents, um, you know they, they're going to have plenty of cap room to kind of do whatever they need. They have one of the best cap men in the business you know, with the Chiefs right now. And Beach is going to be aggressive, and this isn't going to sit well with him. So, you know, the salary cap is fluid. I mean, look what happened. You know, it's already gone up quite a bit. And the next year and the year after, it seems to already have an idea what those cap numbers are going to be. So the Chiefs can be really aggressive this year, um, as can every other team, because of the way the cap is designed and converting, you know, salary to signing, bonus roster bonuses, things like that. It offers a lot of flexibility. If they don't ultimately win another Super Bowl with this group, mm-hmm. with this uh, say next three, four, five years, how right. now you're on to something? That's how are Chiefs going to look back at, at this era? Of course, you got the Super Bowl first in fifty years, but boy, at least from the outside looking in, it would look mm-hmm. to, to me as a disappointment. Yep, the Atlanta yeah, Braves. I mean, yeah, this is you're right. I mean, I listen. I warn people. I've told them. It took me fifty years <laughs> of my 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 hard earned life to see the Chiefs in another Super Bowl. And I got Super Bowl four and Super Bowl 54 stuff plastered all over my man game because I'm telling you what, guys, there's no guarantee it's going to happen again anytime soon. The NFL is too – it's built now to where new teams come up. you got a two- or three-year window, and you can, you can have the kind of dynasty talk that people – nobody's going to get seven Super Bowl rings. No quarterback. It's not going to be Pat Mahomes. Right. It's not going to be anybody. Mm, Drew Locke. You know, <laughs> yeah, no Drew Locke. You know, uh, you know, the flavor of the day right now in Cincinnati, yeah. he's not going to get seven. I mean, the days of a real dynasty in the NFL, I think, are done. 
I think it's too hard. You look at Aaron Rodgers, arguably what? Yeah. You know, the third, maybe fourth, fifth best quarterback of all time. He's got one. Right. And he has a losing record in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Mahomes is what, eight and three? That's outstanding. Or seven and three, that's incredible for somebody his age. So I, I tell people, don't take this for granted. Don't think just because we have Patrick Mahomes that they're going to be in the Super Bowl. The fault of the Chiefs organization was, you know, they, they thought they could ride this for four or five seasons. What they learned is they can't. They now have to make some changes. They have to be aggressive. They have to be smart. And now they know, okay, we got these guys for three, four windows, three, four years in the prime. We better start building and looking into the future you know, see if we can get guys to replace them. They've got to get another tight end. They've got to get two more wide receivers. I mean, they've got issues now. That's part of it is because, you know, Beach was in cap hell when he hired the job from Dorsey. It was all the way through last season before they were completely out of the bad contract and the dead money. And now he's, he's got the most crucial offseason that's going to face this organization for the next four to five years. We're going to know what kind of team they're going to be because they have to make some changes. And there's going to be some very tough choices and some very unpopular decisions on the coaching staff and on that roster. But at the end result is getting back to the Super Bowl next year um, and having a good season. You know, you do whatever you have to do. But this is a outside the quarterback in a key position. you got to turn this roster over three or four years. Fortunately, Beach had a great draft last yeah, year. Yeah, it sure did. And a, good, and a good one the year before. Yep, that's a great point. They've drafted exceptionally well when you consider that they're drafting 31 or 32 overall. Yeah, exactly. Remarkable. Hey, Nick, thank you for doing this, brother. We'll talk to you on Super Bowl Friday, okay? We'll get the, the latest on, on your squad and uh, obviously your take uh, on the Super Bowl. Thank you, Nick Athen. Appreciate you coming on. You can follow Nick on Twitter, at Chiefs Insider. Thank you, Nick. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good to have, yep. That's all right, bud. Good to talk to you. Nick Athen on the Chiefs. Five bars, all you need. That's, yeah. Remember, when you uh, we reach out next week, we'll have to tell him to stand where he's standing at the end. There. <laughs> right. Don't move. I want to talk some Buccaneer hockey next. We got two players and a coach coming in. Yep. Assistant coach. Good stuff. Um, we will do that when we come back. 11 o'clock hour, Michael Swain on uh, Kansas and Iowa State. Look forward to speaking with our buddy Michael Swain. And then John Bowen Camp will put a bow on uh, the Hawkeyes, both men and women from yesterday's. They both uh, went down in defeat. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Line wolfroofing.net. Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Got a couple of guys in here, born in, well, one 2002, one 2004. So this is George Harrison. He was part of the Beatles. You heard of the Beatles? I've heard of the Beatles. You've heard of the Beatles? Okay, good stuff. Talking to that microphone there, Tiernan Shouty. Uh, got your name right? Yeah, it's here in China. That's right. We're in the sea. And, of course, Ethan Fredericks is here. Got Lenny Childs, one of the assistant coaches. Three Buccaneers in the studio with us. Boy, they've got a homestand coming up for the most part the month of February. Thursday, Friday, and then the following Friday. Uh, every Friday in February, the, the team is home. So let's get into it. Uh, Lenny, I'll start with you. Uh, welcome to Des Moines. Um, obviously, you've been here for the season. 
Thank you. How's it going? Oh, it's amazing. It's yep. amazing. It's a great, great city, great town. We live uh, over in the West Des Moines area. Yep. Um, but uh, all the people that we've kind of seen and, and met, it's been uh, quite a pleasure for me and my family, for sure. Yeah, it's the game. The sport has grown significantly. Um, I give the Iowa Wild a ton of credit. Not that Toyton Company aren't doing a good job, but they were kind of on their own before the pro hockey got here. And once they got here, uh, the game has certainly taken off. Well, let's talk to the captain of the squad first as we talk to some of the players. Uh, Tiernan, who's your who's your team growing up? The team is the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, I figured so. You're Michigan, no, Michigan oh, yeah. boy, and you will go to college in uh, in East Lansing. Yep, in East Lansing, nice. Michigan State. I'm really excited. I'll be going there next year. So. Well, that'd be awesome for you. Yeah. When's your draft year? Uh, my draft year already passed. Yeah, so it was. Uh, 2020, I think. Well, you know what? We see a lot of guys that uh, you know get back into the draft, right? That get that yeah. opportunity to. Uh, um, what What do you find as as you've moved around the USHL? What What's What's been the, I guess, the biggest hurdle to overcome for you in your hockey career? Biggest hurdle? Yeah, I would say just like. I don't know, going on the road, especially like in the USHL compared to the NAL, like the USHL, those fans they get loud and crazy, You're, and yeah. like. It's a lot different when you score a goal. You got to get the energy from like yourself and your team. You know what I mean? Instead mm-hmm. of like from the fans, like when everyone's screaming. When you go on the road, it's just dead silent. It's just you can just hear the guys yelling. So it's uh, it's definitely a lot different. You got a, you got a chip tooth. Well, you guys have masks on now. How did that happen? Ah, uh, stick to the face. Yeah, in, beautiful in the game. badge yeah. of honor, right? Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Uh, Ethan, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you coming on. So, what's your story? Where did you grow up, and who are you a fan of? So I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, you know, the Thrashers left. Yeah, it was, we had season tickets. It was, uh, we always went to the games. We loved going to the games. Yeah, did you really? So now that I hate to tell you this, but I'm a Winnipeg Jets fan, oh. and the Thrashers became the Jets. So yeah, yeah. you're probably not. Uh, uh, so what have you found out? Is this your first year away from home? If you're living on uh, with billets, etc., has it been tough? Adjustment, or have you experienced this in the past? Yeah, this is my first year away from home. Uh, living with billets, it's been an adjustment, definitely. Um, it's been an easy transition. Um, you know, my billet family has been helpful for yep. me, so that's been good. Why don't we switch? Just push that microphone all the way over there. It should almost reach that far. Yeah, this microphone over here. So, ju- juggling, uh, juggling high school and, and hockey, how tough is that, Tiernan? Um, I, I did it my senior year, and it was it wasn't too bad, honestly. I only took a few. I took like three classes. I only needed three classes to graduate, so it wasn't too bad. But uh, I don't know. I just go home from practice and pretty much just do schoolwork, watch TV, and just get it done with. And then that was that ended up being the COVID year, so I had to go home oh, and finish geez. it off. So I don't know. It wasn't too bad, and I was already online, so like I kind of was already like into it. But I know all my friends when they had to go online, it was kind of a big adjustment. Uh, for them, had to, absolutely had to be. So what do you, what do you notice from? Um, since you started playing the game as a young kid, what's what's um, how's the game changed, if at all? I mean, it gets, seems it gets faster to me. Yeah, no, it's all, it's always getting faster, especially in the NHL. But like, especially when like we, when, as I've been growing up, just going to the different leagues and going like as I move up in the, the leagues, like I was in the NAL and then coming to the USHL, it's just a lot. It's obviously a lot faster, and like you just got to be able to make plays quicker, and obviously just keep getting faster as you grow up like yeah. in the off season and stuff like that keep getting bigger and stronger so you can be get faster you know what i mean yep ethan back behind you here this is trent uh got a question for you georgia ken mentioned that the thrashers leaving so why hockey you don't think at least i don't think of georgian hockey mm. what led you to the sport and then growing throughout it when you got teammates that are from up north and they got ice all throughout the winter months how difficult maybe it was to find that ice time yeah. Um, so well, Austin Matthews found it in Arizona. Yes, he, he did find it. In- 
I chose hockey because my uh, my whole family is originally from Toronto. Oh. Um, so my dad always played growing up. Yeah. I'd go watch his men's league games, and I kind of just, uh, you know, watching him play, I kind of wanted to try it myself. Yeah. So, um, you know, there, there are a few rinks in Atlanta. I went out, tried to learn to skate, um, loved it, started playing double A for the fire. Um, and then from there, I kind of just made my way up, moved over to the AAA program in Atlanta. Um, and then I actually went to Toronto. I lived there for a year, played for the Red Wings. And then I went back to Atlanta, um, played uh, two more years, or played one more year in Atlanta, and then went to Nashville mm-hmm. and played two years there before coming here. Well, that's quite a story. Trent's right. It's probably tough in Atlanta. What about you, Lenny? Uh, what are you seeing when you, when you watch this league? I mean, we know every year uh, I watch the draft or I follow the draft, and there's kids year after year after year, first-round pick of the United States Hockey League. I mean, it, it, it's kind of an upset when you don't have double-digit guys drafted. This league's getting better and better. I don't think people realize the, the quality of hockey uh, that, uh, that um, unfolds on the ice on any given night. Yeah, it's it's simply unbelievable. The <clears throat> I'd say the the amount of time these guys put in to hone their craft yeah. in the summer, uh, and now from a younger age, right now the the skill development's gotten way better, uh, and now you're starting to see yeah the Austin Matthews and, and those guys uh, emerge, the Jack Hughes, mm-hmm. uh, and not only are they emerging as stars, they're going to the college level and dominating. And then from the college level, they're going to the NHL, and you're starting to see more prominent roles. Without a doubt. Uh, so you know what this league is is the byproduct of uh, really good players coming together, and every single day they're going after it in practice. You're playing against them in games, uh, and obviously that's naturally going to build you up in your development. And, and obviously you're seeing the the byproduct of these guys in the NHL. Yeah, you really. I mean, the the uh, American hockey. I mean, it used to be Canada forever, right? You guys used to look at, and it wouldn't even be close. Now it's it's there's very little that separates the two countries. Matthews, you can know Kyle Connor, right? I mean, you've watched his career. You're a Michigan boy. Uh, what he said, he should have won the Hobie Baker in, in his year. He was robbed of it, in my opinion. Uh, so we shall see. Did you know anybody that was uh, in the junior tournament only to have it canceled this past December? Yeah, a couple guys used to play with actually Carter Mazer, Dominic James, and uh, Tanner Dickinson. Yeah, I felt really bad for those. Oh, players. it had to be gutted, right? An yeah, opportunity to wear your wear your country's jersey and then. Uh, to have the uh, opportunity like that taken away from yeah, you. Yeah, it's terrible. So uh, when you get to Michigan State, what's, uh, what's the, uh, what do you want to work on? What do I want to study, like in yeah. school? Yeah, both. Both on the ice and off the ice. Well, on the ice, just keep getting better. Yeah. I mean, become like more of a, I don't know, I want to be able to score more goals and help the team out that mm-hmm. way because I feel like I'm, like I'm pretty good at setting guys up, but I need to be able to score on my own too. Right, so and you're five ten, which that. isn't short by any means, but yeah. that's that's okay in today's game. Right, for sure. Yeah, I still got to get bigger and stronger though. Like, yeah. if you're going to be shorter, you got to be stronger, you know. So, but then in school wise, I I did my application a couple months ago now, and I put kinesiology. So we'll see if I stick with that or not. I don't know. It was kind of <laughs> something that I was like hesitant on, but. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if I like it when I get there. So. What about you, Ethan? Once you get to college, what are you going to study? I have not decided yet. I'm still a junior in high school. Yeah, so got some time. Yeah, I'll finish out this year, and then I'll start thinking about it more next year. So you'll be back here next year, you think? Yes. That's, that's the, plan, the plan, right? Yes. Right? Good. Where's the, what arena do you hate playing in as you've made your way around the USHL? Oh, uh, probably what? Lincoln's. Link- I, I don't like playing there. Yeah. Um, Is it, that become kind of, when, not too many years ago, it was Omaha and Des Moines was the the rivalry, right? The hatred. You guys, 
uh, when you'd go to Omaha or Omaha would come here. But is it now Lincoln? I don't know. I mean, I think just Lincoln's rink is kind of tough to play in just because, yeah. of, like, I don't know, the energy there and the fans are pretty nuts. But, I don't know, we still have a good rivalry with Omaha and, like, Waterloo and stuff like that, especially since they're one of our closer drives. Right. It's kind of like we play them a good bit. So, I don't know. I'd say Waterloo is up there, too. Yeah. Um, does fighting need to be taken out of the sport? No. I agree with you. No, 100% no, right. never. It, it, but people that don't play hockey or understand the game, for whatever reason, they don't think it should be part of the game. There's a there's a role, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, sure. I don't like the preconceived stuff. I used to, yeah. but I, I don't like that stuff anymore. But if it happens on the ice, it just happens. You need to take care of business, exactly, right? Yeah, I think it's a good part of the game, just like guys policing themselves, you right. know, so like... So the stick work stays out of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. you know, if you do something and, like, try to hurt someone, you're going to get – someone's going to try to hurt you now. So. Right, right. Coach, you see that uh, disappearing? You know, I, I definitely with the emergence of, you know, the, the more skilled hockey, uh-huh. uh, you know, there's less players that have taken on themselves to have to use that role. Um, but I, I think it's one of those things that still has to stay in the game to these guys' point of being able to police yourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, the referees can't see everything, just like the, the police can't see everything in, in normal life, right? So right. do you have the, the citizen's arrest, the guy that says, <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not gonna let that happen, yeah. <laughs> right? Or, yeah. or do you just kind of let it happen? So, uh, But definitely I'm starting to see a decrease in that because the skill level's kind of gone up. Ethan Fredericks, Tiernan Shouty, and Coach Lenny Childs in with us. We talked to Moines Buccaneers. Buccaneers the 3rd, the 4th, the 11th, 18th, 19th, and 25th. BucksHockey.com for more information. BucksHockey.com. Hour 2 coming up, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. It's 106.3 KXNO. Fellas, best of luck. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having us.